Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Jack Sinnott got in touch with us here on Lunchtime Live, who's a mother of two from Waterford. And Jack, you say you feel like you're living a half-life while trying to be an activist to receive the health care that you need. Could Good afternoon, first of all. Could you tell me what your situation is, please? Hi, Shane. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, so my situation is that I'm currently on a waiting list for surgery in Beaumont. It is neurosurgery. And um, I have been diagnosed with a condition last July. Um, I had a few months of figuring out how um, they were going to treat it. And then I had another episode in November, which I was hospitalised for 10 or 12 days, I think, in my local hospital in Waterford. And during that time, I was waiting to be transferred by ambulance to Beaumont um, to potentially have surgery, but to definitely meet my consultant there. Um, again, it was during COVID times and there was a, a huge outbreak in Beaumont. So I was waiting in the hospital for those 10 days just to be transferred. Um, while there, there was COVID on the ward that I was in. So I signed myself out of the hospital and I discharged myself against medical advice in order to just be at home and kind of be safer, I guess, um, and risk not getting COVID. Uh, since then, I've been told that I do need the surgery but my consultant has said that he has patients who are on his list for up to two years and I'm not classed as urgent. So I don't know what I'm looking at. Can we go back to last year? You say you've been diagnosed with a brain condition. What is that condition? Yeah, so I have something called a cavernous angioma or a cavernoma in my brain. So it's a cluster of abnormal blood vessels. So it's a malformation and the blood doesn't travel through my brain in the correct way. And this blood vessel then oozes blood, which is what happened to me last July. I had a bleed, um, although my consultant says that it doesn't actually bleed like an aneurysm, say, but it is. it would be more of an ooze. And then that causes the deficits and the symptoms that I get from that ooze. And I had one again in November as well. And did the doctor say that you always had this or this is something you developed last year? No, it's it's probably something that's been there for a long time, possibly since I was born. Um, I did have other instances throughout my life, like sporadically, not kind of um, all in, in one time, like the way that it was last July. I had four or five instances over 10 day periods, so they were quite close together. I had like fainting episodes or dizzy spells in my 20s, which, you know, you're not really the greatest um, at looking after your health when you're in your 20s. I kind of dismissed it as not nothing much at all. But now looking back, I can kind of join up the dots and see that it makes sense that mm. it has been there for quite a while. So you had these seizure-like events last July. You had another incident in November. Where are we now in terms of a timescale? The doctors are telling you you need this surgery. Yeah. So in November, yeah, I, I discharged myself, as I said, because I, I wanted to get home for my daughter's birthday, to be honest, which is why I discharged myself. Um, so they scheduled me to meet the consultant in Beaumont. I had a couple of Zoom calls or phone calls with him because we were still in lockdown at that time. 
and then I met, I had another MRI in March. He was happy that it needed to come out. He said it needs to come out while you're young. You are going to be worse before you're going to get better. In other words, them taking out the cavernoma will set me back because I will have to recover from the brain surgery. And it's quite a big um, surgery. Like it will probably over an 18 hour period that the surgery will take place. So in March, he said to me, we are going to put you on the super fast track and hopefully we'll see you back here in a couple of months. Mm. But as things stand today, do you know what date you're getting this vital brain surgery? No, I don't. And I had a temporary loss of consciousness in July and I crashed my car, Mm. which resulted in me being in hospital again. But in UHW, they didn't admit me. I literally sat in the emergency department for 22 hours. I wasn't given my doses of my medication that I've been on since last July. I asked for them. I hadn't. I wasn't given them. So again, I discharged myself because I was actually at risk when I'm not being given my medication in the hospital. So I then had to go to my GP, who then wrote to my consultant to advise them of the loss of consciousness. And so there was no like joining up the dots or continuity. They're, they don't talk to each other, yeah. apparently. I don't know. So I, it was then left to me to chase that and to let them know, look, this has happened and it's because of the cavernoma. He has now advised me that I shouldn't drive. I mean, I'm, obviously I wasn't going to drive again after that. It was hugely traumatising and yeah. upsetting. Do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 38. 38. And your your doctor saying this needs to be removed while you're young to have a full yeah. enjoyment of life, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And to give me the best chance at recovery. Before this, I was uh, quite active. You know, I would have been exercising four or five times a week as well as walking every single day. I can't do that anymore. I have deficits. I'm left with deficits every single day. And the longer that it goes on, the more risk I am at uh, acquiring more deficits. I don't want to blame you here. Don't think I'm blaming you. I'm just wondering, do you regret now discharging yourself from hospital? No, I don't actually, because if you remember at the time, I was in such a bubble when I was in that hospital. I was so exhausted and I was so tired because that's one thing that also comes with a brain injury is the neuro fatigue. It's literally impossible to get enough sleep. I could sleep for 12 or 13 hours a night and still need a nap and still wake up feeling groggy the next day. And I was getting absolutely no rest in that hospital. I I was woken every hour or every two hours for OBS because my eyesight was failing on my left eye because the cavernome is sitting on my optical nerve. So they were monitoring me very closely, but they weren't actually giving me treatment if you know what I mean. And I know it was Um, a very strange time in hospital as well with COVID, I understand. I just was wondering, were you concerned that you'd maybe taken yourself out of the system in some way? No, I don't think that I did because as I got home, I was then back in touch with the news and what was going on in, in Ireland and in Beaumont. They at that time had the highest number of cases. There was absolutely no way that I was getting to Beaumont in within 2021, to be honest. And I was there in mid-November in um, hospital. I 
you know, we laughed about it later, myself and my friends and my husband going, I'd still be waiting there now. Like, you know, mm. when you saw the way that it went in December, January, February. Yeah. I just don't think it was realistic to keep me there. Plus, I wasn't actually needing treatment. I just needed needing treatment that I could get in Waterford Hospital, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I needed to be in Beaumont. Yeah. And no. I was taking up a bed that somebody else potentially needed in Waterford Hospital. You um you told us in your call that you don't recognise yourself anymore. That's an awful situation to be in. What do you mean Absolutely. by that? I mean, like I said, I was fit, active, healthy. Like, I have two young kids. They're almost nine and six. Um, like, it feels really, really demoralising, dehumanising, disorientating to wake up and go, this doesn't feel like my body. I don't feel like I'm able to do anything that I was able to do previous to this. Like, I don't know this person that I am now. And I was just processing that last July when then I had another bleed in November. And I felt like I was kind of getting back on track. I was able to go for a walk again. Even just in November, December time, walking the dog around the block was hard for me. So to hear my consultant say that, I'm going to get worse before I get better due to the surgery. It's just, it, it is a limbo, you know, because I'm waiting for that. I'm constantly on edge, anxious, waiting for that call and waiting to know when can I get on with my life? When can I get better? Yeah. How were your two kids? Did they recognise ma'am? It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. They, I, I don't want them to be anxious or nervous or you know worried about it but they're they're quite perceptive they're at the age now where they're kind of understanding that you know their parents are are people as well (laughs) sometimes um but i'm i am having to say no i can't really do that or i can't i can't walk that far or i'm not able to lift it up as much as i was and just the other day i got really upset walking home from the school run because it was just a slog walking home and like my daughter had to make up this little game to get her little brother to walk the ro- up the road because she was trying to help. So, yeah, they say things like, I hate this stupid cavernoma and I hate this. And, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for all of us to adjust to it. Yeah, even knowing the name cavernoma at their yeah. age is incredible, but it's such a, a part of their lives. Shay texts us to say, it feels like if you live outside Dublin, your health doesn't matter. I'm from Waterford and the services just aren't there for us. So just to wrap up, you're, you're waiting for a letter to say when your brain surgery will be, but your worry is that that letter could say, what, 2023, 2024? Well, first of all, I'm waiting for a letter for my next MRI because I need to have another one since my last one wasn't uh, was in March, so that's quite a while ago. They need to make sure and monitor any changes. I rang radiology the other day, and they said that that hasn't even been ordered, even though my accident and loss of consciousness was almost two months ago now. So I just feel like I've been forgotten about, and I'm in this for the long haul, and I don't want to be an activist for my health, but I have to be. It seems, and I'm I'm destined to just sit here on the couch making phone calls and begging for somebody to take care of us. 
Okay, well, I'm sorry you're in that situation. Thank you for getting in touch with us. Uh, I'm sure you're not alone if anyone else has this experience of being on waiting lists or not even knowing when you're going to get your surgery, your treatment. Feel free to get in touch with us here on Lunchtime Live. You can text 53106 or call us on 1800 453106. Jack's in it. Thank you. And I do hope you get sorted soon and certainly not having to wait another two, three, four years. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.